What is going on, everybody? This is Candler English here with Training Ground Garage Talks. This is a space where we have open discussions about what it means to be a Christ-centered man in today's world. And we're so pumped to have you here with us. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Candler English with TG Garage Talks, and I'm here with Mr. Lee Hollis. Hey, hey. And Mr. Corey Smith. Hi. And today we are kind of going to do a follow-up of last week's episode, um, kind of talking about fairy tales, I guess, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit, but um, even more deeply, um, kind of the importance of something we really hold kind of close to our hearts in training ground, and that is... Uh, the notion of story and working through our own stories. Um, and even understanding at a certain point doing that, um, kind of stepping into childhood and maybe even the loss of innocence. So, you know. Yeah, so like last week we, we, we pulled back the dark curtain <laughs> on Pinocchio, you know, and we warned you not to go looking into Sleeping Beauty's story, and I know that you all did, <laughs> and I apologize for putting that challenge out, no, because as soon as we got done with the podcast, no, story was like... Everybody. Yeah, everybody's going to go Google yeah. this. You but, can put, put that on Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, just like, like we learned some really dark things about the original story of Pinocchio... Mm-hmm. Like there is this journey that we all take, and and as you said, uh, it's part of the reason why we spend so much time in training ground talking about story. Yeah. Uh, in in psychological terms, it's called narrative theory. Mm-hmm. It's it's a way to explore things that happened to us in children and what we've believed out of those stories, mm-hmm. and really the kind of the dangers of of living out of a story that's been unchallenged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. That challenge. So, <laughs> like, like it's so important to us that like we are in our second class of leadership training, where we take uh, men that we call guides that come alongside the summer program guys, and we actually take them through a narrative uh, teaching where they're in it for like ten weeks, mm-hmm. where we learn about narrative theory and we talk about narrative theory, and then we take each one of those guys into their own story. And we question, challenge it, and try to shed light and pull the curtain back on their dark stories yeah. to see what's actually there. Yeah. Because we, we all tell ourselves a fiction, right? And to us, that, that fiction is true. Yeah. It's and a it, and reality it, we operate out of. Yeah. And it takes another person's set of eyes. Like, we're not meant to do this journey alone. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we need other people to see our story and help us to see what, what is actually there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Like, we've all been through that. We've all been, I mean, Corey and I have been through the Allender program, talking about narrative theory and story. Candler, you've been through uh, a summer training ground, mm. and now you're going into the actual training itself. Yeah, um, around that. Yeah. What's your initial, how does that, uh, how has the narrative training initially hit you? Like, what have you noticed and discovered? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's been huge because, I mean, I've said this before, but I... Um, I think I was so hungry, um, f- almost, I didn't even really realize it, um, before I came into training or when I was so hungry for all of that to be challenged because I knew, okay, there is something incongruent with, I, with what I know life is supposed to be 
And I knew there were lies I was believing and I knew, um, but yeah, I mean, all that to say, I think the biggest, most impactful, yeah, I mean, even doing these story work nights that we're doing as guides, um, it is so refreshing and almost you get defensive. I mean, you know, we've in these things, you like someone challenges something and I'm like, I believe it since I was four, you better shut your mouth. Like that kind of thing. Like, like how dare you? But when you can step away from it and you're like, okay, what if that is true? Let me just go down a little rabbit trail. And, and then the more you think about it, you're like, wait, um, you, you almost let yourself off the hook of like, I didn't know what the crap I was seeing or what someone was saying to me or, um, whatever, when I was four five, six, seven. Um, and you're able to kind of one, put the, uh, really let the other people, the offenders off the hook and say, no, actually what you did was messed up. Um, and so then you're able to free your, your free yourself up from saying like, okay, this wasn't my fault. This couldn't be a four-year-old's fault. Right. This obviously is a reflection of them. And then the more you flesh that out, even in your own life, you're able to see freedom and healing. And you're like, I don't have to operate in this crap anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, that's kind of like an overview of, the process, I guess, but. Well, and I've seen like part of the stories we tell ourselves because we're telling the story from a four or five or six year old, mm-hmm. we, we tell the story with a four or five, six year old understanding of mm-hmm. what happened a yeah. four, with their vocabulary, mm, interesting, with their limited perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how, like I know that there's stuff that was challenged for you, but like you went for a long time Without ever thinking anything different of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. But but we risk living out of that story. Yeah. You know? And I, and, I, and that's where um, the, the rotten fruit, I think, is really seen. So it's like, I, and, and the biggest thing for me, even in the program, was like, okay, if I'm getting triggered or messed up, like, you know, upset that someone did this, I'm like, okay, like, this isn't a no, quote-unquote normal reaction. Or maybe a healthy reaction. So um, I like, like you said, Lee, it's like, look at this. You, I think you even said that last night. Like, look at the symptoms. And then even in hearing someone else's story, if you're getting mad at something in their story, like, okay, that's telling uh, actually maybe potentially something that could have happened in your story. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And some of that process, I mean, I know for me in terms of um, as you grow older, your reality challenges your belief system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meaning like even like heartbreak or pain, you know, like, where did that come from? Like, why, you know, if I believe these things, you know, where does that fit into my belief system? So there is this, you know, we say like a loss of loss of, of innocence or a death of innocence. Mm-hmm. But I think it's almost kind of and what Lee's talking about is like this rewriting of your, your, your own childhood story. So as you're telling somebody, you know, this story that you are feeling probably at a deep level, um, you know, at, you know, from a five, a seven, 10 year old perspective. Mm-hmm. And when you're inviting other people into that story, it allows um, like the adult part of those people to be able to reflect and give you kind of going, Hey, maybe this is really what was going on. Yeah. And that clarity can, can lead to freedom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. There, I mean, there was parts of, of my own story when I started doing story work that I, because I grew up in such an unhealthy environment, there was an accusation that I accepted 
mm-hmm. as a child because yeah. that's what mom said, and and so I believe it, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't until later on where someone in my life said, "Man, your mother was really messed up," that I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're right." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't a reflection of me. It was right, a and then of her. all of a sudden, all these dominoes started to fall. Like, mm-hmm. well, if that's true, <laughs> then all these things had to be challenged and reframed, and like. I wasn't wrong. Yeah. My needs weren't too much. Mm-hmm. What I was asking for was reasonable and healthy. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Um, and, and that didn't come until it was challenged. It was interesting, though, like when you were talking about a story just a little bit ago, when someone challenged your story that you got angry. Yeah. Or you felt like this burning, like, defense, like, you know, because there's an aspect of it, like, if it's not true... And it throws your world into chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Because everything you've known is a lie. And it really, at the root, it's like, how dare you say that what I'm believing about myself mm-hmm. is a lie? I mean, <laughs> uh, man, like, <laughs> we could, like, go and, like, I think of, of my story. And, like, you get so comfortable believing what you think you know about yourself mm-hmm. that anything else, like, I've heard someone say that living in hope is the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to go there because if you open yourself up to hope and what's possible, then you're open to being harmed again. Pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that question of, like, we do fear change, right? Yeah. It's like, don't make me believe something different. Don't challenge, right? Yeah. Don't challenge the story that's within me. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we can see, right, the Clearly, other eyes yeah. can say, hey, what if, what if that's not the whole story? You know, and Lee, you're right. Like, how... How many conclusions do we make about ourselves or our parents, our siblings or our friends at such a young age, you know, with, you know, our limited emotional capacity, you Mm -hmm. know, in those early years of, you know, being formative that we kind of, you know, what if, what if they're not completely what we believe them to be? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I I think about Lee, you know, we're talking about, you know, like, uh, you know, we get so comfortable in the in those places, even if they're incorrect or they're not complete feet, like uh, the, the complete truth of those stories. But for us to really, you know, have that hope to change can really scare us. Mm-hmm. I, when I was doing the trauma certification, one of the case studies they had us look at was they took this group of rats from very young age and, and raised them in a very in, in, inhospitable environment. Shortage of food, shortage of water, shortage of females, constant danger, constant temperature being bad, you know, just horrible. Yeah. And at some point in the lifestyle, they open up this chamber to literally rat heaven. All the females (laughs) they want, all the water they want, all the food they want, the safety. Yeah. Everything is soft and everything is there, everything they could ever want. And every one of those rats went back to the rat hell. Wow. Because they concluded that because that's where they were most comfortable. Uh-huh. And that's what they knew to operate in. The hell they knew was more comfortable than everything that they ever wanted. Dude, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like you, you think about that and like, I'm going to get real personal here in a minute, but like how, how we can use, there's a psychologist named Adler who says that we use the, excuse, the things that happen in our story to excuse us from living in what uh, is good and positive mm-hmm. for us. Uh, and there's lots of stories in his book. But like, like in my own story, like I grew up in an abusive environment from a, a mother that was hurting uh, and very dysfunctional. And 
and I've never gotten married. And part of the reason is, is that I've, I've gotten into relationships with women and I start to see the manipulation or the unhealthy and I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Like, I don't want... And yeah. so, like, when people... Then when people later would say, well, why aren't you married? And why haven't you ever gotten married? I'd be like, well, I grew up in this abuse environment and it's really hard for me to trust women, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm also six foot ten. I've done a lot of work. I have as much potential as anyone else yeah. to be in a healthy relationship. And yet, part of my story I have used throughout the years to keep me from risking and, and walking into something potentially really, really good. Wow, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And so I, I, like I did that with my story. Uh-huh. And like how many of us do that with our story? Yeah. Use it as an excuse not to risk, not to hope, not to find joy, not to quit our safe job and go do what's going to make us happy and, and, and bring life out of us. Yeah, you know? absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's almost, you, you built the narrative in your mind to serve, to serve you. Mm-hmm. To serve you, or, yeah, like excuses would be, you know, the way that, I, you know, what you would say. Yeah, and it's, it's a, a good friend of mine said that, um, like, like these things are things that you went through. It's like you, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. Like you drove through Montana. Yeah. And you stopped at this rest stop and you stopped at this restaurant and you did this and you did those things. You did not become those things that you experienced. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't become the rest stop or the restaurant or the, the natural site that you saw. You didn't become those things. Those were just things that were a part of your life that you drove through. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a part of an unexamined story where you actually become the things that happened to you. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. never challenge those things. And so you stay stuck in Montana. Yeah. You're at the border and you're like, why can't I go anywhere yeah. in this area of life and that area of life? Really. <laughs> Been there, stayed there, bought the T-shirt, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Absolutely. never moved, uh-huh. you know. Uh, but it, it becomes this really loving thing in all actuality if we can allow ourselves to be in a place where we invite someone into that story. Mm-hmm. And so for like training ground during the summer, like the guys arrive and one of the first teachings they have is our story. Yeah. Uh, and then we leave for a trip and that first night all the leaders are kind of modeling the idea of story. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. it looks like to be vulnerable and, and to reflect and all that stuff. And then we invite the participants to, mm-hmm. to move into that area. Mm-hmm. And it's a journey that we take all summer long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know, as you're talking about that, Lee, I've been thinking about the summer and thinking about how we engage guys in their stories. And, you know, I wrote down here, um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, even in my, in my own spiritual walk, you know, the thing that, um, you know, I need the most is to be reminded of, of my of the truth, you know, of, of my reality. And, you know, that feels like such an important step. Um, you know, I think about you can learn, you know, with you being an intern this summer and walking through last, you know, last summer as a participant and now as, you know, kind of a train, a guy train, guy training. And, um, just even that place of, you know, the joy of even this summer being able to walk with you and go, Hey, we're going to need to continue to remind you of the truth because you've gone so much deeper into your story. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and just feeling like that is a lot of what we do, you know, um, yeah. you know, and bringing that kind of clarity and that engagement to those, those places of pain and there's pla- a lot of places of fear, um, of like, man, I don't, you know, it, it's such a, just, a, yeah, there's, there's a lot of change that happens. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, we even talk about this, um, this is kind of the first I heard about this kind of like 
diagram, but um, in our story work nights, we, we kind of talk about this you. Um, you know, if you can kind of like visualize, it's like you're going on a flat service and then you're going downhill and that's kind of represents you going into your story and kind of feeling the pain and the hurt, um, amongst, you know, probably hundreds of other things that you could be feeling. Um, but, and then eventually you come back up on the other side of doing that work and you're able to see it in a fresh new light and you're whole and healed. Um, so Hopefully, this is the goal, at least, the more that you go into your story, the less steep and deep that hole is. Um, So you can go down and come back up. But all that to say, um, we kind of use this term, um, I guess we call it popping up. It's like a lot of times when you're in maybe a group setting or something like that, when you're going into your story, it's easy for either the storyteller or people um, in the audience hearing or listening in the group to try and pluck the person out of the story, out of the discomfort, and rescue them. Um, But I would even say to the opposite, I think TG does a great job in making sure we almost, maybe not even pop it, drop down into um, not necessarily for pain or for discouragement or anything like that, but because we know the fruitful outlook of coming out of that story. And I think, I mean, that's been great about this community. It's like, I need to be shaken up Mm -hmm. so that I can grow. And if I'm just sitting on that little, you know, surface area or whatever, I need dudes around me who love me to be able to drop me down into that in a loving way. Right. And and there's a, I mean, when you're describing that, it, it, Kind of reminds me, uh, I had this image of being in a plane, Mm -hmm. this plane that's going on this severe nosedive. Yeah. Like, and as you're hearing this nosedive story, like you're feeling it. Mm -hmm. Like you're feeling the G's, you're feeling the cockpit and the walls shake. You're like, are the the wings going to hold on, you know? And like, you want to rescue them because you don't want to feel it, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? But it's a, it's a really loving thing to stay with someone in that process and and just be there for them. Yeah. But to not rescue them means that they got to pull back. They uh-huh. have to use their own strength and they got to pull back. You can say, "Hey, there's the yoke. And you they, might want to yeah, you know, you whatever." Pull back. Yeah, you, here's, you can point things out, but it's their decision and agreement with that person right. to be able to And if you rescue them in that moment, you're always going to have to rescue them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they need to go through the process and they need to find the strength and the truth and whatever they need to pull out of that, to mm-hmm. pull away from those G's and to feel that exhilaration of freedom mm-hmm. and, 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 and coming out to a place where they can soar and be free of, of that story, yeah. of that nosedive. Absolutely. And it's really the most loving thing to do. Yeah. Doesn't, it, it's not, it doesn't feel good. But. And, it's, and it's countercultural. <laughs> yeah, completely. Like, yeah. like we talked about this with the, that counselor uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Like, like in our society now, it is, be, it is abusive to allow anyone to struggle. Yeah. Like everything is um, changing that yeah. direction. Mm-hmm. Like if you really care about people, you won't let them ever struggle or go through hard thing is right. what society is saying. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. 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 I think it's too, the, the we're talking about being in that painful place. Um, and I wrote down here, it's like, um, you know, the, the kindness is the word that comes to mind quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, as I think about, even our engagement of stories and our trying with everything in us to be kind 
as we're listening to another person's story. Mm. Um, but also the other part where, you know, are we, tr- how are we kind to the younger version of ourselves as well? You know, we, we, you know, at times there may be kind of voices of condemnation, you know, I should have done this differently or I made my parents upset and I did this. And, but in terms of like, how do you kind of reevaluate those childhood stories with kindness Mm -hmm. and grace, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, even thinking about Jesus's heart towards the children, it's like, you know, just so much kindness and gentleness, um, you know, and that would be the hope, you know, um, you know, not only kind of how we address ourselves, but how we address others. It feels like a pretty important ingredient. Oh, yeah. So. It's huge. Well, and even, you know, you speak about kindness, but as a story listener, mm-hmm. like, I, I think this is kind of what you're saying, or the, at least this is what I heard you say, is that we extend kindness to the little children that were harmed and hiding in mm-hmm. our story. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like there was a... a make this about me all the time, but I just had this journey. So forgive me for going there, but it's, no, it's a good all. example. Like there's a point in my story as I dealt with the trauma and sexual abuse that I went through that I fully understood that I had been sexually abused by my mother. Mm. And I started to have PTSD type experiences. And, uh, I remember waking up one night and I was just in flight or fight mode, you know, and felt like somebody was in the house and I was going to be harmed. And like, like on one hand, I knew it wasn't rational. Yeah. And and the other hand, I was fully feeling it. Everything in your body, yeah, yeah. Just screaming at you. And so I sat there. It's the grace of God. I'm I'm convinced of it. But it, this has application. I promise. <laughs> uh, I was able to sit there in the moment and say, you know what, Lee? Like, there's really good reason why you feel what you feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's things that happen and experiences that you went through that, of course, at some point you're going to have to deal with this and feel this. But know that you're okay. Yeah. You're six foot ten, freaking three hundred and fifty pounds, and nobody was ever going to attack you. <laughs> yeah. At least not in their right mind. Yeah. You know? So so know that I'm safe, we're safe, we're gonna be okay. Uh-huh. And go ahead and feel what you're gonna feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And give yourself permission. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what we do when we listen to other people's story. Mm-hmm. To be like, hey, you know what? There's no shame here. Yeah. Like, of course you're going to feel a certain way. And of course this is going to happen. And of of course, whatever. And we're here now. Mm -hmm. You're a man. Mm -hmm. And we have resources. And you're not stuck there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because literally, like, if there is a child stuck in hiding because he's afraid, he's not going to come out into a hostile environment. No. So the environment that we create with one another as as we tell these stories is so important that those young places metaphorically feel safe to come out and deal with the tragedy that they experience. Yeah, absolutely. And step into it, you know, knowing that they're not going to get hit over the side of the head. Yeah, it's huge. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us for TG Garage Talks. We are currently accepting applications for Training Ground Colorado 2022 and Training Ground Chattanooga 2022. Now guys, I cannot begin to tell you how life-changing Training Ground has been for me. So if anything we've talked about in this episode or in other episodes have stirred anything in your heart, um, please, man, look into coming out with us. It's going to be a blast and we can't wait to have you. You can find us at 
www.trainingground.com and you can also find us on Instagram at Training Ground Colorado as well as Training Ground Chattanooga. Well, until next time, guys, this has been Candler English with Training Ground Garage Talks. See you soon.